Amen. All right. Turn your Bible over to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs 12. Listen, it's the second week in this series of emotion, and I'm really emotional, and I'm glad. <laughs> I'm identifying my emotions. You know, there's, there's, there's things out uh, through the past few years that talk about emotions and how our emotional intelligence matters and how we need, to, we need to be in touch with our emotions but not controlled by our emotions, right? And, and, and I believe that that's part of being whole spiritually is that we understand the indications of these emotions that we deal with in order to control them so that they're not controlling us, so that we're not going over the edge and going off on people like we see today. There's just such emotion out there. And I believe the Holy Spirit has, has us in this series so that we can identify some of these emotions and see how God wants us to walk in the Spirit but still be sensitive to our emotions. Is anybody identifying with this right now? right? A lot of people are tired emotionally because there's so many emotions. I mean, in one day in, in, in 2020, I, I feel like this, this year has gone on. It's really like two or three years already, and it's not even over yet. And so people are, that are emotionally are tire, tired saying, man, I just wish 2020 would hurry up and finish so we can turn the page on this thing. But emotions uh, sometimes uh, cause you to Fatigue. There's emotional fatigue. And listen to this. According to, today we're going to be talking about anxiety. So according to the National Center for Health, in July 2019, that was just a year ago, 8.2% of adults showed signs of anxiety disorder. 8.2%. To this year, July 2020, that same National Center for Health did a survey and showed that 36%, it went jump from 8.2 to 36% of adults showing signs of anxiety disorder. That's, that's huge. And we can attribute that to what has happened in the past eight months, right? 2020. I think uh, 2020 from this point on is going to be like an adjective, right? Don't, don't be going 2020 on me. <laughs> you know, you're acting mighty 2020 now. <laughs> All right, it, it's it, it's like bigger than anything we've ever experienced. Lord, help us. Like the song that never ends, it goes on and on. Uh, okay, but listen, emotions are real, and we really need to recognize the emotions, and we really need to deal with them. And so there's stress at an all-time high. There's panic attacks. There's mental health issues running rampant. And there's, there's things like PTSD. There's, uh, there, there, there are things that are real that we need to identify with and be sensitive to so that we can deal with them the way that God wants us to. As the body of Christ, we are called to be peacekeepers and peacemakers. 
And you can't give somebody peace unless you have it yourself first. You can't make a peaceful situation or a situation that's chaotic, peaceful, unless you have peace first, right? So we need to understand what it takes to walk in the power and the peace of God in the midst of uncontrolled, unchained, unfettered emotions. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 25 says this. Anxiety weighs down the heart. And so that first half of the verse is, is real. We can see that people's hearts are weighed down by this anxiety, by the stress, by the worry, by the, the concern. It's, it's heavy. But here's the second half of the verse. But a kind word cheers it up. A kind word will cheer up the heart. When, when someone's weighed down with that stress and anxiety, the weight of the world, a kind word. You can practice this tomorrow when you go into your, your place of business or into the school and you see somebody that's just weighed down. Just use a kind word. Say something to them like, you're looking really good today. I am, really. Wow. Never underestimate the power of a kind word. I think this is a time where kindness should shine more than ever before. The body of Christ, we should be known for our kindness. Everybody say kind. You almost can't say the word without smiling. You know, kind... If you think about it, and the way that people have used the word kind, they're a kind person. That means they're meek and mild, and they never ruffle anybody's feathers, and they always say the right thing. But really, no. Kindness actually takes the lead. Kind to be kind, to, to open the door for someone, to respect. That word respect goes with the word kindness, and it will cheer up a heart that's filled with anxiety. Man, that, that, was, that was worth getting dressed and combing your hair this morning, coming to church. So the power of kindness, the power of God's spirit and love working through us to, to overcome. This is the title of the message this morning, Overcoming Anxiety. How do we overcome anxiety? How, how do we deal with anxiety? I, I don't want to just deal with it. I don't want to cope with it. I want to overcome it. Right? So we need to see from the Word of God how to overcome anxiety. And there's different levels of anxiety. There's concern. Well, I'm concerned about this. Or I'm worried about this. That's a higher level of concern. And then there's anxiousness or anxiety. And all of this is, is complicated because it affects you on every level of your being. Spirit, soul, and body. If you're stressed out, you want to eat more, but that's not the right thing to do because then you then destroy your body, right? And you always want to eat the things that are bad for you. Have you ever noticed that when you're stressed out? You just go to the comfort food, and that's not where you need to be. We need to retrain ourselves when we're anxious to go for a two-mile run and pray while we're running, right? Something to, to deal with this anxiety. You know, there's a big thought, if I'm spiritual, if I'm a Christian, and I feel anxious, have I failed God? 
Is it a sin to be anxious? You know, last week we, we, we talked about anger and how a thought of anger or a feeling of anger is not sin, right? But if you act out on that anger and it manifests in your life and you do something to act on that anger, then it becomes sin. The same thing is true about anxiety. It, it's not a sin, but it could lead to sin. Jesus dealt with anxiety. <laughs> Turn over to Mark chapter 14. Jesus dealt with anxiety. So I think we need to see how Jesus responded to anxiety to see how we should respond to anxiety. I think Jesus did basically three things. This is a real simple message. I believe God simplifies things so that we don't miss it or get it so complicated. If you think about what Jesus was facing as he was facing Gethsemane and the cross, and he understood that the weight, the stress of the world, the, the sin, he was going to become sin. You know, he, he had his, the, the last meal with his disciples, with his, his life group. <laughs> he came together with his small group. And he said, okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to leave, but then I'm going to send the comforter. I'm going to take care of you. You won't have to worry. I give you my peace, not like the world gives, but I give you my peace. Jesus started talking to them and preparing them for his departure. And so that stress becomes really real when his, a close friend of his that he trusted for over three years betrayed him and left sold him out anxiety was rising up and so Jesus is, is going into Gethsemane Mark chapter 14 and verse 32 it says they went to a place called Gethsemane Jesus said to his disciples sit here while I pray and then he took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. So you see, as he goes into prayer, he takes people with him. The first thing that Jesus did to overcome anxiety was talk to his friends. He, he brought his friends with him. It's important. You know, I think people uh, experience anxiety because we've been separated. We have been isolated. And I think really that the, the studies that will be done next year, the year after, and year five, and year 10, looking back on 2020, we're going to discover the effects of isolation, the, the effects of uh, being confined and separated, right? Because God made us to connect. God made us to share our burden. <laughs> That's biblical, right? Share one another's burden. That, that scripture does not mean that I become God for you, right? But that I'm there for you and with you. And so we see that Jesus talked to his friends. He, he went and then he took Peter, James, and John along with him. Uh, the Message Bible says in Mark 14, that he plunged into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. So Jesus was dealing with feelings to a deeper degree probably than any of us will ever experience. 
because he had to become sin for us. He felt the weight of sin. He was arrested. He, he was tortured. He had to die of crucifixion. That was the most humiliating way to die was crucifixion. But even worse, he was never sin, but he became sin. He, he even experienced the father turning, turning away from him because he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? He agonized. He agonized. And so look at Jesus' honesty here in verse 34, Mark 14. Here's, here's his honesty before his friends. He said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He says, stay here and keep watch. He told his friends that. Those that he trusted, those that he, he had invested in, those that he had drawn close to him, he talked to his friends. It's time that we connect with each other. Those friends that you can trust, those friends that you know are filled with faith, the ones that are going to encourage you and strengthen you, the ones that know the word of God, the ones that are strong in their faith, right? Talk, Jesus talked to his friends. And I believe that helped him to overcome this anxiety that he was facing in the garden. He talked to his friends. He, told, he, he, he didn't sugarcoat it. Yes, I'm doing fine. I'm the son of God. I will arise again. Everything's fine. We've got this. It was just like Moses in front of the Red Sea. My father's got my back. No, it wasn't this superficial, everything's going great. He was honest with his friends. Number two, he talked to his father. Talk to your friends. Talk to your father. Talking to his father. You ever notice in a car that uh, there are these lights that come on on your dashboard? I had a car one time where all the lights were on. <laughs> and before I put my key in there, I was anxious, feeling anxiety, wondering if this is the last time this car is ever going to move. <laughs> right. So there's a check engine light. There's the check tire pressure light. There's the, uh, the check everything light. And those lights are not the problem, right? The lights are not the problem. What's in the car is the problem, or what's missing in the car is the problem. And the light is the indicator that tells you there's a problem. So anxiety, the same way, anxiety is a signal for us to tell us it's time to pray. If you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling nervous, if you can feel your blood pressure rising, that's the time to what? Pray. It's time to pray. Doesn't mean that anything's broken. This is an alert. An alert. The emergency broadcasting system. Hey, it's time to stop, drop, and pray. Paul said it like this. Do not be anxious, but in every situation, pray. Listen, if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. If you're worried about your marriage, pray. If you're worried about the economy, the election, it's time to pray. Don't pretend like you're not worrying. Yes, there's, 
anxiety, but that's an indication that it's time to pray. If you're worrying about your children and when they're going to go back and how you're going to homeschool them, if you're choosing to homeschool them or when is this thing ever going to end, it's time to what? Pray. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. Anxiety is a signal to pray. So in Mark chapter 14, you're right there in Mark 14, this is the time that Jesus talked to his father. He prayed. He went a little bit further after he told his friends what he was dealing with. He went a little bit further. He fell to the ground and prayed that if it be possible that this hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. And so he prayed. And throughout Jesus' life on earth, he invited us to pray. Remember, we're praying because God's inviting us to pray. God wants to be involved in our life. If you're dealing with anything, now's the time to pray. Peter said, cast your care on the Lord because, why? He cares for you. The fact that God loves you is powerful enough to break the worry off of you. But you have to do something. You have to pray. You have to pray. The third thing, we have to talk. First thing, talk to our friends. Second thing, talk to our father. The third thing, we need to talk to our feelings. Talk to your feelings. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. <laughs> Sounds like a song. Feelings may be true, but they don't define who you are. You are not your feelings. You have feelings. You may be afraid. We like to use the acronym false evidence appearing real. The fear but there's nothing behind it, right? It's not true. So feelings, while they may be real, they may not be true. We have to tell our feelings, like little kids say, you're not the boss of me. You ever hear your kids say, you're not the boss of me. We have to do that with our own feelings. You're not the boss of me. You may be coming at me trying to overtake me, but I hold up my hand and say, no, no further. No, you're not the boss of me. Here's what Jesus said in verse 36 of Mark 14. He's praying, asking his father, is there any other way? But then he says, yet not what I want. Not what I want, but what you want. He was putting his feelings under, under God the Father. He was saying to his feelings, it's not all about you. It's not about how you feel and how you've been mistreated and how you're, you're here uh, sinless about to pay for the sin of the world. This is about the bigger picture. When we talk to our feelings, we're taking control over worry 
if we're dealing with worry, and we're telling worry to subside so peace can rise. Jesus had to go through this. He had to talk to his friends. He had to talk to his father. He had to talk to his feelings. And so the question is, well, when does worry become a sin? Worry becomes a sin when it displaces Jesus and his peace from the throne of your heart. That's something internal. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. This is, this is the word that frees us from worry because it shows us the antidote. It says, do not be anxious for anything, about anything, about the virus. Do not be anxious about the virus. Do not be anxious about the election. Do not be anxious about the future. Do not be anxious about your marriage. A lot of Christians are being anxious right now. You can tell it on Facebook. Worry will lead you, anxiety will lead you to do some things that you regret. Make posts that you regret. It's not a time to stir up fear. It's a time to minister the peace. If we're peacemakers and peacekeepers, what should be coming out of us? Peace. But we have to first have it before it can come out of us. We can't be controlled by our emotions because the world is looking for us to lead. Can you lead from your emotions? Absolutely not. Too many emotions. Paul said to the Philippians, don't be anxious, but pray. Don't be anxious, but pray. In every situation, pray by prayer and petition. In every situation. In er every situation? Every situation. The Greek word for every is it means every. All. Every situation. If we prayed more, we would be less controlled by our emotions. With thanksgiving, there should be a thankful, grateful heart in us. Not a critical, mean spirit calling everybody out. Present your request to God. Take it to the Lord. And then, after all of that, then the peace of God. The peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. So if you run that scripture backward, if, if your heart is in worry, it's because the peace of God is not guarding your heart. So what do you need to do? You need to start at the first of the verse. Don't be anxious about anything but in everything. By prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. Stay in prayer. More than your own Facebook. Just a thought. I think it works. This past 21 days... It, you know, what was the uh, Bambi? Thumper said, Father, what, or Thumper, what did your father say? If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Where did we start in Proverbs? Anxiety is heavy. It makes the heart heavy, but a kind word 
lifts the heart up. We should be lifters, right? Not making people heavy. There's enough heaviness that we have to deal with. First Peter says, cast all of your care upon the Lord because he cares for you. Reminds me of when Martha came to Jesus to complain about her sister Mary. Hey, hey, don't you see she's not helping me? And we have to make this thing right because Jesus is here. She was all upset, and Jesus said, hey, Martha, 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 you're upset about a lot of things. I mean, there's a bunch of sermons in that. You're upset about too many things. But Mary, she has found the one thing that's needful. If we put Jesus on the throne of our heart, then the peace of God rules and reigns in our life. And people around us love to be with us because we're peaceful. If we're all emotional, off the chain, out of control, people scatter. Right? So let me read you in closing one verse, uh, one chapter of scripture and, and just test the peace. Test the peace in this one chapter. Maybe you should make, make a note to read this chapter every day this coming week. Probably, you, you can probably guess in the top five what I'm going to read. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation, Psalm 23. Psalm 23. I think they're going to put it up here on the screen. Psalm 23 out, out of the Passion. This is awesome. The Lord is my best friend. The Hebrew word for shepherd actually means best friend. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. He tracks, his tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why? would I fear the future. For your goodness and love pursues me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Isn't that powerful? What did you sense just from the word? The peace of God. The peace of God will, will make 
a shield around your mind. This is what we need. This is the, this is the solution for mental health right here, right? The, the peace of God. But there, there's, a, there's a part for us to do. We have to say no to anxiety. We have to overcome that anxiety talking to our faithful friends that are filled with faith, talking to our faithful father who is full of faith, and then talking to our feelings. No, you're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. He already knows what you're dealing with, but we need to identify those emotions and we need to say, no, no, not today, not, not here, <laughs> never, no. I'm not giving anxiety and worry place in my life because I have to have the peace of God to walk through what I'm going through right now. The Lord said he would never leave you nor forsake you. If you need Jesus, the Prince of Peace, now is the time to make that decision, to take hold of his hand and begin to walk with him. Following Jesus is the first step into a life of peace. If you need peace, if you're watching on the internet, if you're here in the building and you need the peace of God and you've been struggling, there's just a struggle. Everything you see on TV triggers you. Anger, worry, anxiety. You're worried. There's, there's two people now, those that need Jesus and those that have Jesus that need to cast their care on the Lord. So if you need Jesus, I want to help you to ask him into your life and to take his hand and begin to follow him. If that's you, I want, I want us all to pray these these words pray this with me Heavenly Father I believe right now that Jesus Christ is the Son of God that he came to earth that he died for me 